there's some positives that come with it. And I do think that it just forces you to think of, okay, if I can't do it in person, can I do it? And if I do it online, what's going to be the best value, right? It just kind of forces you to be creative and think about things that you wouldn't have normally thought about. And the great thing is, whenever the time comes, we we can host in-person events, we can be together. We've already developed this really great online programming, you know, and so we can just do both at that point. And then you just reach even more people. Hello, it's Marcy Bullock with season two of your favorite career readiness podcast. Learn tips on personal and professional development, hear inspiring stories of overcoming obstacles. I devote my life to helping other people figure out what to devote theirs to. This is Marcy Bullock with the most important five Ps. Stay present, trust the process, explore your path, release the pressure valve, and unleash your potential. Hello, this is Marcy Bullock. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. Today, I'm very excited. We have Anna Valasia live. Hi, Anna. Hello, how are you? I am well. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. We're so delighted that you could be on the podcast, Anna. And usually we start off with the elevator pitch, which is a chance for our listeners to learn all about your story and what you're currently doing now. So take it away. Sure. So as Marcy mentioned, I'm Anna Pelagia. I'm the Director of Career Services for the NC State Alumni Association. So I've been in the role a little over four years, been in career development for over seven and Love what I do, love helping others. I meet one-on-one with alumni. I work directly with employers and I also do career programming. So this is right up my alley. I love that you do this class, Marcy. I'm excited to be with you here today. Oh, this is such a great job you have because you're kind of the me of people when they graduate. (laughs) It's like they don't figure it all out by the time they get their degree. And Anna is the person that uh, our alums come to as they're making career transitions. And that's such an awesome job. Anna, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the services that you provide to them once they actually graduate? Yeah, absolutely. So the great thing is when you're a student and then one year after graduation, you have access to the Career Development Center and all the wonderful resources that they provide. So after one year of graduation, if you need any sort of career assistance, you would just join the Alumni Association and it's a benefit of being a member of the Alumni Association. So um, we offer two career coaching sessions that are complimentary. We have access to EPAC, so you lose it after that one year, but you can get it right back if you're a member. Um, I do a monthly newsletter. We do various career programs. Um, we have one coming up that's a Leaders of the Pack series. We'll be hearing from a high-level executive alumni who are just talking about how they got to where they are and giving great advice to our recent graduates, experienced alumni. Um, so we do career programs. I work directly with employers. So we host an alumni career fair every May. And we're actually hosting a, an alumni career connections event this December. So it's new. It's virtual. So we're excited about that. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much what a lot of our offerings are. So we hope that you take advantage of them once you are 
and alumnus. Also, we have a virtual book club that's focused on professional development. So even if you're not maybe actively seeking a position, there's still professional development that you can do. And so we try to offer that as well. Fantastic. You are doing so much, but very impressed with all of the content you're churning out. And this Leader of the Pack series sounds great. We will link up to that in our show notes so that people will have that opportunity to attend. So Anna, you mentioned that you could be in the Alumni Association. Is there a fee associated with that? And and how much is that? There is. So for recent graduates, it's just $30 a year. And that includes everything that I mentioned, plus more that you get for being a member. So um, that, but then there's a lifetime rate. There are like an auto renew. So it can be anywhere from $30 a year recent alum to $50 if you are past that kind of recent graduate rate. And then also we have um, different options for if you're a family and you want to join or if you want lifetime, you know, membership, you can do that as well. So there's a variety of different rates there. <laughs> That's a great deal for all the things that you get for that membership, just let alone being able to see all the EPAC listings because as people are in transition after they receive their degree, oftentimes employers reach out to us saying, I want a recent grad. I want someone with experience. And of course, with COVID right now, many of our graduates who are young alums are still looking for that first opportunity. So one of the things I know you and I have talked about off camera is this idea of staying positive during the pandemic. And I'd love you to jump off on your opinion on that. Yeah, I think, you know, the pandemic is affecting everyone, right? I don't think there's anyone who's gone unscathed at all. Um, But it's affecting us in different ways. And I think some of the time we have control over certain things. And now with the pandemic, we realize there's a lot of things that are out of our control. So I just always like to think of you know, one thing that you can control is sort of your mindset a lot of times and just trying to figure out what are some of the positives. So, you know, it's hard to say for everybody what that might be. But I know, like for me, I'm able to get access to more people now because they're in need of some sort of assistance. So my reach is a lot broader, being able to do everything virtual and just getting more notice and more... um I guess people now know that we have a service that I don't know if they knew of before. So I was just grateful to have that being kind of a, a positive the pandemic. Um, and then also for some folks, you know, if they were unfortunately affected by maybe being laid off or having a job offer rescinded, it's an opportunity to explore and maybe they wouldn't have done that on their own. So they're kind of almost forced into it to, to sort of see what else is out there and how might I be able to um, transition and pivot at this time. So I just think, you know, we're all going to be facing adversity at some point. And so I think it's a real judge of character on how you do that and the mindset that you have going into it. So although it's been really difficult for so many people, I do think that there's still some ways to kind of view the pandemic as maybe positive. So a lot of t- one thing that I was thinking um, was... So often we're so busy and life is just like constant and we have so many things going on. And this was like the first time I've ever remembered it almost stopping. And you kind of just got to like think and just think about what you have and your family and um, your friends that you have that you can stay in touch with. And we're so lucky to have, you know, this virtual world where we can still stay connected that we wouldn't have had many years ago. So I just think that there's, you know, it's, it's hard, but there's definitely some positive pieces that you can get from it if you if you try. I agree with you, Anna. I think a lot of it is in your mind in terms of how you look at it and what your attitude is because we can wake up every day and find things to complain about 
or like you said, focus on the gratitude, your family, the people you love. I know a lot of our students would rather be on campus right now, but Mm -hmm. honestly, like when you look back a decade from now and you think about this time, for example, our TA Sade is getting to spend time with her niece, who's an infant, and she's enjoying holding her and feeding her and watching her grow. And had she been on campus, I know Sade, you can unmute, but is that is that something that you're finding is really helping you during the pandemic? Yeah, it's definitely helping me cope with, you know, the craziness of everything. Um, just being able to see her, you know, grow. It's, this is like a stage where I didn't know I was going to be able to see like her milestones. I didn't think I was going to see her until like she was six months and now she's four months and I get to see everything. So it's definitely beneficial for me. That's such a great example, Sade. Thanks for sharing it, this whole idea of pivoting and finding the silver lining. Tell us more, Anna, about your thoughts on adapting and innovating during this challenging time. Yeah, I think, well, that was one of the positive things is it kind of forces you to, right? I know um, various offices across campus did a lot of in-person things, which I think is great. And I think NC State is really good at having a variety of different options for in-person things. But I don't know if there was as many virtual options as there maybe could have been. And so now this is really forcing us to try to be creative and think of different ways to have offerings. And so I know I mentioned this series, so I'll just kind of touch on that really quickly. I had an event last fall that was Cocktails, Cuisine, and Conversation. So it was a progressive dinner networking event. And it very much is an in-person event. And that is hard to transition to being virtual. And so I was like, well, I still want to get the opportunity for executives to speak with younger alumni. And so we came up with the Leaders of the Pack speaker series. So it's a virtual event. You can tune in wherever you are. And we have C-suite level executives who are you know, just talking about their path and how they got to where they are. But it's become a lot more accessible. So instead of having 30 to 40 attendees, because it's a very intimate event when it's in person, we have over 100 people signed up for the first one. So it's actually, you know, it's there's some positives that come with it. And I do think that it just forces you to think of, okay, if I can't do it in person, can I do it? And if I do it online, what's going to be the best value, right? It just kind of forces you to be creative and think about things that you wouldn't have normally thought about. And the great thing is, Whenever the time comes, we, we can host in-person events and we can be together. We've already developed this really great online programming, you know, and so we can just do both at that point. And then you just reach even more people. So that's such a good point. I know in our classes, we've done virtual mock interviews. And I think you actually helped with one of them uh, from a student in my class. And I got 100 different people to volunteer. And they live all over the world. Whereas before, they would have never been able to do that from the Netherlands or from China. And this is chances for people to build relationships. So do you have any thoughts on networking for students maybe that did their first virtual mock interview? And now they're thinking, how do I nurture that relationship when I can't be in person and have a cup of coffee? Yeah. One thing I will touch on, because I think some people are saying that networking is harder in the virtual space because you can't just grab coffee or go to lunch, right? You kind of, you have to set up everything virtually, but I always argue that it can be easier because you're not restricted by location or a commute time or anything like that. So I would just take advantage of the fact that you can 
hop on a call and not have to give yourself 20 minutes to drive somewhere or, you know, people that we're trying to network with oftentimes are very busy. And I think just being able to jump on a call really quickly versus scheduling a meeting can actually work out to people's favor. So yeah, I would just, um, in networking, I always try to ask how somebody wants to be contacted, right? So let's say with the mock interview, you've already made the connection with somebody. So I would just ask and say, Hey, this has been a really good conversation. How can I continue this? Like, do you mind if I check in once a month, right? Or once every other month and kind of set the tone of how that relationship can continue after the fact, go ahead and just ask versus just kind of wondering after the fact, like, Oh, that was really good. I really wish that I could follow up, but I don't know the best way to. If you just ask them what's the best way to, then you can establish that from the very beginning and start to build that relationship. That sounds so simple, but it's also hard, right? It's hard to have the courage to just ask that question of, can I call you once a month? And I think some people sometimes feel awkward about thinking, how do I develop this mentor relationship? But you're right. That's a great approach to take. And then once they say yes, once a month, what exactly would you suggest to a student for a strategy for what to do during those monthly conversations? Yeah. Well, one thing that I suggest to all the alums that I meet with is to keep track of these conversations and who you've reached out to and how you've gone about reaching out. So it's a very simple, but I have like a networking tracking sheet. And I think that's one of the easiest ways to just sort of see, okay, if I contacted them this way and that seemed to work, I can do that again. So it's just keeping track of your efforts and also best practices and what's working and what's not. So that's one of the first things that I tell people to do is just start keeping track. So when you do um, have those conversations... And again, I think you, it sort of depends on how your conversation went previously. If there was a very specific topic that you discussed and then you see an article and it's on that topic, I think that's an easy way to kind of re-engage in conversation. Um, or, you know, I just, some of it's just the relationship piece kind of based on a previous conversation, what you can reintroduce. And so I do think that it's so important to, again, keep track of some of the things that you did talk about. I remember I met with an alum and they did keep track of different networking outreach that they had done. But I asked him if he kept track of any of the conversations and he was like, no, I mean, you know, I know we like talked about this or that. But you start, once you start talking to a lot of people, you really, it becomes blurry. You don't remember even if you think that you will. And so it's good just to jot down a note. I know for me, I really bond with people over food because everyone eats. And even if you don't eat that much, you still, that's still a conversation starter. So, um, there's been different people that I meet with at networking events and I'm like, wow, we definitely bonded over that mac and cheese that day. And so it's just an easy way to connect. And so I can just be like, Hey, have you had any good mac and cheese lately? You know, or Chick-fil-A just recently came out with mac and cheese. What do you think? So just little things like that. It doesn't all have to be completely work related. It can kind of just be that something that you've bonded over in some sort of way. I love that, Anna, from the standpoint of just realizing these are normal people that eat and, you know, you can find commonalities with them. And in our previous episode, number 56, we had a conversation with Lindsay Pollack, who wrote the book From College to Career. And for listeners who want to go back to that, um, one of the things that I think is emphasized there is 
find that commonality. So for example, maybe you were a cheerleader in college and they were a cheerleader in college and seeing what kind of connection you can draw. And you're correct. We all love mac and cheese. I will have to say my favorite while we're bonding on food and I'll let you say your favorite restaurant in Raleigh. Mine is Pool's Diner. They have amazing mac and cheese. They do have amazing mac and cheese. Also, Jose and Sons has amazing mac and cheese. So, oh, good tips. Good tips. <laughs> well, let's get into a little bit about the professional transition since a lot of our students have been a student their whole life, you know, for 18 plus years. And now they're moving into, I might have my first internship. I'm a professional. How do you recommend that they get involved as a professional and just connect to that identity? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is, is kind of taking what they've done in college and doing the, the professional version, right? So if you're in college and you maybe do a club activity or intramural sports, or you're involved in your professional marketing association, I think seeing what they have in that sort of realm professionally, right? Like I know Marcy, you're, you're involved in an adult soccer league. So like, if that's something that you are like and you get excited about, then I would just encourage you to find that version as an adult, right? Because there's all sorts of things you can get involved with. So um, I think it depends on some of your interests, both personally and professionally. And most of the time, there's going to be something aimed towards that. So whether, again, if it's a sport, they have professional leagues or um, adult leagues. If it's uh, like the American Marketing Association, there's an adult version or Toastmasters. There's you know a lot of different clubs around. So kind of depending on some of your interests, I would sit down and just think about what do you enjoy and kind of do something you enjoy, do something that's maybe more professional, like a professional association that can help you get to where you want to go. So for instance, for me, um, it's the Alumni Career Services Network. That is the professional association that I need to be involved with. It's exactly what I do. It's the people who I need to be networking with. And so like I'm the secretary of that organization. So I'm involved with that. But then also locally, I moved to the Raleigh area four years ago and I wasn't sure the best way to meet people or network. And so I joined the Raleigh Chamber of Commerce, which is one of the best decisions that I'm involved in the Young Professionals Network. Um, so that's another great way to meet people. Um, so I think part of it is sort of what are you interested in just hobby-wise and how can you connect with other people? What professionally might be good for you to kind of get involved with? Professional association or just uh, local community-wise. And then just seek out you know, different ways to be involved. There's so many different things out there. It's just a matter of finding them. So good. Get out there. And even if it's through a screen right now, there's opportunities to make these connections and raise your hand, like you said, to be the secretary or when they're looking for someone to assist with something, you'll, you'll be remembered that you rolled up your sleeve and took advantage of that opportunity. So our students just worked on resumes, Anna, and I know you have viewed many resumes in your life as you've hired people and assisted uh, thousands of alums in making transitions to their next job. So what do you think about resumes? Are they important or do people just toss them out because they don't have time? They're too busy. That's a great question, Marcy. So honestly, I think sometimes people don't put enough value in resumes, I think. <laughs> so here's my thoughts. 
The resume is so important because it helps give you confidence. If you have a really good resume, you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to do better in interviews. You're going to be a better employee. That's truly how I feel. So even though it might just be a piece of paper with words on it, if you take pride in it, it really tells your story. And so I think that sometimes people just don't want to be a piece of paper, which completely makes sense. But at the end of the day, that's a lot of what people see first. And so you just want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward. It's your first impression. It's telling your story. And again, if you really take pride in it and take time to develop it and build it the way that you want it to look, I I just see people whose confidence completely turns around once their resume is actually looking the way that they want it to, right? Like before, if I see somebody and they have a three-page resume, the formatting is kind of all over the place. They don't necessarily see anything wrong with it. But once we start to go through it, we edit it, we get it to one page. It's beautiful. It has different sections. It's organized. They There's something that switches and it, they get so much more excited about it and they feel so much better about themselves to where when they are submitting their application or like I said, when they're going in for an interview, they feel better about themselves because they know that the best version of themselves is what's being represented. And I don't think the resume is the only way to get a job. Don't don't get me wrong there. I think it's very important to do the networking and to do because 80% of jobs are found through networking. However, they're still gonna want to see what does your resume look like. And if it's, you know, if you can tell that someone takes pride in what they're submitting, I think that says a lot about themselves. So I just think resumes are important. <laughs> I think they're so important. And like you said, that confidence piece, if you look at that and you go, wow, this is representing me on this one eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. I'm so proud of what I've done. And we're going to be offering a lot of extra help that students are about to learn about regarding resumes so that they can make sure it is polished and professional and top notch. We have our first student question, so I'm going to ask uh, Emily to unmute now and to ask her question to Anna. So I was wondering what professional level employers think of employees just coming into the workforce using their company as a stepping stone for other opportunities. Like, is that looked down upon? Well, that's a great question, Emily. Thank you. I would just say, I mean, they don't, do they need to know that it's a stepping stone? I think that would be something that I don't know if anybody wants to know that they're just kind of being used as a launching pad, but I think some companies expect it and know it and that's fine. I don't know if you would enter into an opportunity and tell an employer that, but I think that at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you and your career. So if that's a really good way to get your foot in the door, gain great experience, you can make an impact on that company while you're there and then seek other opportunities. I think that's completely fine. I would just, I'd be a little bit nervous about how you'd approach it. And I wouldn't necessarily convey that to the employer on the front end. But like I said, if you can make an impact to that company, even though if you're not there that long, I think they'd be happy to have you, even if it is a stepping stone. That's a great answer. And you also don't even know where that first position will lead. Maybe you're going to get an advancement opportunity that you never even dreamed of within that organization. Sometimes I have students saying, well, I just want to get this first job and then I'm going to go to grad school in six months Mm -hmm. or one year. But what do you think about that? Like if they are thinking I might only be temporary here, what advice do you give in that situation, Anna? Tell them to soak up all of the experience that they can get. You know, really dive in, give 110% in that role because you're going to give the company all that you can and they're going to give you everything that they can, right? So like if you really invest in yourself, even if it's for a short time, but you give it all you got, I think you're going to gain more from that. And then obviously they're going to be grateful that they 
had you for at least that short time. Like I said, you make an impact. So I think that would be important. Fantastic. Well, our time has gone by quickly. We're, we're down to our last question, which is our signature completion of the Wolfpack Career Chats. We're getting into our time machine, Anna, and we are zooming to 2040. Okay. Anna, Felicia of 2040, what would you say to yourself now? What advice would you give to the 2020 Anna? Keep being adaptable and flexible because <laughs> you never know what's going to hit you. You don't know if there's going to be a pandemic. You don't know what's going to happen. And so just try to control what you can control, but also be very flexible and open to new opportunities and challenges. So even though something is viewed upon as a challenge, it can also be a very great opportunity to just try something new and make you better in the long run. Wonderful advice. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you.